Welcome to the Noclip Awards. I'm your host, Chad Rutherman. I'm supporting actor Andy Kinnick. Introducing special guest star, JJ Artimez. Back at you again. Coming downtown. I don't think they have like a crowd large enough at the Oscars <laughs> to like make that noise. That's because we're not at the Oscars. We're downtown. We are no clipple ones. No clipple The off Broadway Oscars. Uh, <laughs> in the streets. Yes. Where true might is chosen. <laughs> Well, truer words have never been spoken. Uh, once again, uh, we're we're recording at night, the only appropriate time to host an award show. Uh, <laughs> and we have our envelopes and our sword in front of us. We'll have a lot less uh, uh, foley for you because I think our setup is now a little bit too fragile to be like slamming this thing around. <laughs> Uh, you might hear the sword anyway if the weird street hobos come to attack us that's true. and try to interrupt the noclip awards, as they do every year. Well, then you hear the sword clanging sound, <laughs> because the hobos always bring their own yeah, swords. Yeah, they're all pirates, yeah. really. We'll, we'll make more work for Chad and insist that he put in sword sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Seems reasonable. It'll just be one sword sound effect repeated over and over and over yeah. again. That I wouldn't sounds have it fun to listen way. to yeah. and good. <laughs> Hi, audience. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> and we have 15 hot new categories for you. Oh. We have like eight hot new categories and seven oh. old stale categories. <laughs> My skin. That oh. we're re- revisiting. Uh, They're good, though. You'll, you'll like them because yeah. we also like them. And you like what we like, sheeple. And we're starting right now. All right, start us off, Chan. What is the first category? The first category, the first returning category Perfect for the Switch. An all-time classic category. Oh, the best category. And the nominees this year are having a lot of trouble with the envelope. Just going to rip it open. <laughs> not, just like we they need do that fully. Yeah. yeah, not even fucking around with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Device 6, uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. And accounting plus. Ooh. Uh, I don't think. Okay, so I I voted in this instance for Return of the Oberdin, mm-hmm. and I don't think that I've in the history in the one year history of the No Clip Awards have I disagreed more with the two other <laughs> uh, things. Uh, Return of the Oberdin's already on the Switch and Wh- is not eligible for. The when category. did it get put on the Switch? Like mm-hmm. right after we talked about it. Yep, almost immediately afterwards. Suck our balls. Wow. Loser. One right, of the no, ones you hate is going to win. That sucks real bad. All right. Who's next? <laughs> uh, I nominated Device 6 because I thought the interesting um, screen orientations would be really cool to do in handheld mode. I I, I went out there with it because you'd only be able to play it in handheld mode yeah but i i wanted to go with it anyway because i feel like it would be a better like it it would enhance it from the phone version i think to have it on the bigger screen so what would happen when you docked it 
it would say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this game isn't perfect for the Switch. Andy loses, exactly. is what it would say. That is 100% uh, what could, it would say. You could probably make it work by having the screen be able to be flipped with like the shoulder buttons. Mm-hmm. This category is not what would be best on the Switch. It would be what is perfect for the Switch, for the Switch, which means you have to take advantage of all of the Switch's features to qualify for the category. And if you, uh-huh. if you truly believed that the best you could do was this device six, <laughs> you should have wrote in a blank ballot because you knew that it wasn't perfect from the moment that you signed that paper. Okay, so give me your argument then as to why Accounting Plus is any good on the Switch okay. at all. Labo VR. I figured this would be the case. <laughs> this is correct. Right now does not have like the killer Labo VR app that I think it desperately needs for anyone to know that it exists yeah. and does things. Uh, and I feel like Accounting Plus could be that, partially because it is the only VR game that is good, uh, and also <laughs> partially uh, because it could take advantage of the Joy-Cons really effectively, for, like that kind of tracking motion. Well, see, here's where you're wrong, though. <laughs> yep. uh-huh. uh, I, I, I don't want to jump I mean, on you. If I know, we're going to say the same thing. Yeah, is that the, the Switch VR, Labo VR... Mm-hmm. VR VR does not have head tracking, uh-huh. so you have to have the Joy Cons attached to your face, okay, in order to use the game. Okay, can yeah. you get more Joy Cons? It it's it, a valid question, <laughs> and it doesn't actually have a headset. You have to have to hold it up to your face. Well, we, that's just some simple tape would really solve that <laughs> issue. Okay, JJ, the category is perfect for the Switch, not perfect you, with some duct tape. Yeah, you have to tape it <laughs> to, to your skull, to your face, to make it work. On I the really Switch. think you guys are not seeing the appeal of being of finally having the VR on the go experience. <laughs> Oculus Go already has this covered. Yeah, and also, like, the only VR anything that exists for Switch is Mario, Zelda, and Labo. Mm -hmm. And you specifically... Oh, Smash? You can do Smash. It's not, like, real VR. It's just, like, you're a camera, but... Oh man, the and, like when the, the when they smash into the screen would be real oh, scary. Be so real, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you suggested putting the Labo branding on it, which wouldn't work at all. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna knock you for that. That's very pedantic. <laughs> yeah. But I will yeah. knock you for everything else. <laughs> I want to see people wandering aimlessly in the street like the cyberpunk future that I was promised when VR was created. I want the equivalent of drug addicts, and I feel like Accounting Plus really makes you feel like a drug addict when you're playing it. That's true. And can fit into that theme real smoothly for all the people who would be VRing on the go. So how are we going to resolve the fact that all three of the games that that we've (laughs) chosen are either incompatible or shitty? (laughs) I think you can make Device 6 work. And I think it's one of those like kind of top tier like mobile games that deserves to be played by more people, and I'd like to see it on the Switch, where it could reach a wider audience. Okay, let me propose, and it an would work especially well in handheld mode. What is your alternative? Detective Pikachu, <laughs> <laughs> Come, coming in with the big arc. Yeah, um, it wouldn't be. I was under the impression that the Nintendo Switch only played good video games, though. <laughs> That's not true at yeah. all. <laughs> Pantsu Hunter would like to have a word with you. <laughs> Stand corrected. And and all of the shovelware that you can find on the palace of the eShop. Uh, Did you just call the eShop a palace? 
in the bowels of the eShop. Oh, oh, okay. In the palace. Like, in the oh, palace okay. of the eShop. <laughs> the Nintendo bias on this podcast, crystallizing <laughs> all the more. Why is Detective Pikachu perfect for the Switch? Because, uh, like, why isn't it on it already? That's my big question. I, I agree it would make sense to put on there, but... Oh, because it would improve the game itself, because they would have to cut out the bottom screen, so you no longer had the constant prompt to listen to Pikachu say dumb shit. They'd just <laughs> stick it right up there on the screen and probably make it take up more room. Alright, you're right. I think Device 6 takes it. I do think, yeah, Device 6 definitely takes All right. it. Alright. Score one. Alright. Getting off to a bumpy start. Right, a little throw bit. Throw the garbage on the ground, because we are on the street. Alright, JJ. What's our second category? Shing. That is not the name of the second category. <laughs> Why did you make the sword noise for the envelope? <laughs> I wanted them to think that I was doing a real dramatic envelope opening. I was going to do other things. Because it's also very thematic to the next category, which is another returning favorite. Least likely to be compared to Dark Souls. I I am moderately convinced that this may be a unanimous choice. Ooh. But we'll see. I, don't, I thought there were uh, a handful of uh, legitimate uh, answers to this. All right. The nominees are Hidden My Game by Mom, Detective Pikachu, and Detective Pikachu. Wow. That's not at all what I would have expected. You expected Hidden My Game by Mom? Hidden My Game by Mom is definitely less like <laughs> d- less like Dark Souls than Detective Pikachu is. Please defend. Th- please defend? Yes. You're clearly <laughs> on the back foot here There's for a- one of the rare 2v1 <laughs> nominee situations. In this, the is, yeah, this is the that Mario Party minigame where three people are on one side of a raft and the other guy has to paddle three times as hard as them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Hidden My Game by Mom Mm -hmm. has no combat, no exploration. Uh, It's not in any way lonely. It's fun uh, in like a in a in a zany way. Mm -hmm. I it's definitely not difficult. Uh, The really the most I could give it as far as comparisons to Dark Souls going is that it is mildly obtuse, (laughs) but it is obtuse in an entirely different way than Dark Souls is obtuse. Yeah. Uh, Jack to Pikachu, not obtuse, very easy, made for children. Uh, You say Dark Souls is not made for kids. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Very very narrative focused and straightforward. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, lots of cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Bad I, design decisions. <laughs> I I I would struggle to compare it to Dark Souls in any way at all. Enraged enemies with red eyes. <laughs> Classic Dark Souls design. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, a plot that doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, you can, uh, I'm gonna push back on that. <laughs> Dark Souls has some plots that make sense. Yeah, but it also has some that don't. Right, but that doesn't mean... That's not how plots work. Just because some of the plot doesn't make sense doesn't mean all of the plot doesn't make sense. Is it in... in, uh, I think it's in Dark Souls 2 where you go to uh, a television studio (laughs) and film a uh, short like film with uh, cameras that are hanging on Pokemon. (laughs) 
right? No. <laughs> Good try. That might have been in a mod I played. I want to maybe open myself up to public humiliation and say the late hidden my game by mom levels are difficult and therefore comparable to Dark Souls in some capacity. And, and, and yeah, I think and the difficulty comes from its obtuseness. Agreed. But that's not the case with Dark Souls, really. It, it can be. It's the case in early Dark Souls, 100%. Its obtuseness is part of the is part of the issue of people trying to onboard into that series. Like, people not knowing that one of the stats does nothing and is, tor- and is terrible, for example. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sometimes Detective Pikachu doesn't have music playing. <laughs> and in Hidden My Game by Mom, there's a soundtrack from the moment you boot the game until the moment it goes away. Okay, fair. 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 I, I also think Hidden My Game by Mom does have exploration. I just think your frame of reference never changes. I don't I don't think a prerequisite to exploration is moving where the camera is pointing. You are exploring the environments inside of Hidden My Game by Mom by touching various elements to see if they're interactable and seeing the implications of those actions. You have kind to of really... a moot point though because Detective Pikachu has the, has the exact same thing and you explore areas by walking around. It's in it's in like two point five D though. In in Detective <laughs> Pikachu, you meet and talk to NPCs and solve their problems. <laughs> you do that in Hidden My Game by Mom as well. No, you no, do you not. Don't. No, Pinky you Rex. never speak okay. to another human being yeah. <laughs> or anything. Mom, for that you matter. are a psychopath, and other humans are only obstacles for which you <laughs> to overcome. Yeah, you do solve their problems though. How? Like there's it, there are at least a couple <laughs> levels where like you have to like get something and give it to your sister, you know, like, and your grandpa. Like you have to like get them things, okay, in order for them to like give you your DS back. <laughs> and I feel like there's implied dialogue going on there, even though we don't hear it. It's a deep narrative read on Hidden My Game by Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's like classic like silent protagonist stuff where okay. The characters are talking to you, and it's implied your character's saying stuff. Right, but in hit, but normally when there's a silent so, protagonist, like, there isn't also it, a silent It's way weirder characters. if all those things happen, and n- neither the sister or the brother say anything to each other. That's the way weirder scenario. This is is also there anything a, that isn't weird about the game? Yeah, though? yeah. There's like just snakes and clay pots just yeah. strewn throughout. Which is actually kind of a Dark Souls thing. Yeah. It definitely has both snakes and clay pots. <laughs> Are there snakes in clay pots in Dark Souls? Yes. Mm. No. There's a man in a clay pot. Is he a snake? No, he's a pyromancer. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. I think I think we need to wrap this one up. I do hey. think I think you have actually sold me with the aforementioned exploration point. Can Andy? Can you take me back to the light side of the force right now? I don't know. I just I feel like Pokemon and especially the take on Pokemon, like the more narrative kid show style that Detective Pikachu has, just feels like the opposite of Dark Souls to me. Just like on like a like a base level like the kind of like dark souls is like a much more mature very adult kind of thing and detective pikachu is a much more like carefree children's kind of thing and that's kind of where like uh, what pushed me towards it look if we were talking about averages i would agree with you 
for most of the time, Detective Pikachu <laughs> is less like Dark Souls than Hidden Light Game by Mom. But Detective Pikachu That's has moments it. that are comparable, more comparable than the alternative. In Dark Souls, do you ever like grab multiple like magical objects and combine them in some way? I feel like this is a thing. Yeah, like, like the, the Lord, Lord Souls. Souls. Yeah, because mm. there is a point where you collect Dragon Balls <laughs> in my game by mom. <laughs> that's that's a little bit. Of, that's enough of a stretch that I'd still want to give it to you. Although I respect you arguing against. I just want to make. I want to cover my bases. I don't want to get eviscerated. This we is are the most hotly debated <laughs> topic on the internet leading up to the NoClip Awards. <laughs> All right, I win. Chad wins. Uh, Here's Andy. the sort of failure All right, passed to Andy. All right. Unbelievably, we've brought back the category smashiest balls. Because <laughs> we are adults. Yes. Well, I think the reasoning behind the smashiest balls category is more of like an improv exercise. <laughs> this means nothing. It's just how can we justify what we've written down? <laughs> exactly. No, you can't. Don't like pull behind the veil slash curtain uh-huh. all these categories are incredibly important and i want public debate about the smashiest balls category <laughs> all right right now if we ever became super famous people would start designing games with the smashiest balls award in mind <laughs> all right and the nominees are katamari damasi mm. mario maker mm-hmm. and accounting plus okay all right so, Chad, which one was yours? Mario Maker. All right. So, JJ, you're Katamari, and I'm Accounting Plus. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead because I know mine isn't going to win mm-hmm. because you guys are going to look at me when I give my explanation and you're going to be like, all right, anyway, moving on to something else. <laughs> uh, I even Mario Maker. I, I will note that now there are balls that smash in Mario Maker uh-huh. in the form of the spike balls. But that actually isn't really what I was going for, mm-hmm. because those are by far not the smashiest balls that I've seen. Not this year, anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I actually meant uh, with Mario Maker was that Mario Maker has some of the most ball-smashingest hard levels of any game that I've played this year. All right, so Andy. <laughs> uh, my pick for Accounting Plus is... It's you, the player, that has the smashiest balls, because literally everyone in the game is just smashing your balls in every vignette. In, in they're what sense? They're busting your balls. Yeah, you, oh, exactly. Oh, they're metaphorically yeah, smashing like, your balls. Yeah. Okay. Nice and narrative. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the moment in which like you're- Like that scene in South Park where Cartman's on the phone trying to sell uh, uh, fetuses <laughs> to abortion clinics. <laughs> Uh, or and he's just like, come on, you're breaking my balls. Mm-hmm. Great Foley. The, the characters are breaking your balls in that way. Okay. Uh, constant, ugh, constantly. You do also, like, murder tons of people. That's not that's a very ball-smashed situation. <laughs> that's, that's an empowered, my balls are here. <laughs> you do also die multiple times in the game, though, and uh-huh. that apparently was enough to give it to Smash Walter last year. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, JJ, explain yours. The game is about a ball that smashes things. Yeah, so... But the ball itself isn't being smashed. No. No, but, but the ball the smashes. Balls. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, and in a way, it's like a reversal birth. 
No, it's like <laughs> it's a, a reversal <laughs> rebirth. <laughs> yeah, it's a reversal of the of the prompts like mm-hmm. intended thing. Uh-huh. But while we naysayed on the Smash Ball last year for being the literal boring answer, mm-hmm. I think in this case, you've got me. I think Katamari has the smashiest ball. It is only one ball though. That's true. Not descriptively untrue. You only oh, yeah, handle cause... one ball at a time, but each ball continues to exist <laughs> as a beautiful ball star. As a new discrete ball. In yeah. a testicle galaxy <laughs> that you create. <laughs> mm. Andy, do you have a last minute defense before I give my points over to uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Katamari? Uh I mean, I don't know if I can sell it really much harder than that. Uh, That's a pretty flaccid sell. <laughs> I mean, I got what you were going for, yeah. and I agree with it. I agree with your decision mm-hmm. and your uh, definition and mm-hmm. everything. We'll still respect you after this. Right. Unlike me, who gave a shitty answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you just wait. You just wait until these other categories... Oh, God. My entries are going to be so bad. You love them. <laughs> All right. Well, Katamari Damashi gets my vote. All right. Victory. Victory. Oh, shit. It's my turn. Victory comes the sword. Ah, for the first new category of the year. This envelope is folded strangely. (laughs) Not that sharp, Chad. You cannot just stab. (laughs) It's in fact not sharp at all and can't even go through the sealed end of the envelope. (laughs) Got it. So the new category that I'm reading right now is the Geriatric Award, uh, which is the game that's me- whose mechanics show their age worst of all. Uh, and whether that is mechanics that are just old mechanics in a game or an old game with old mechanics that didn't age well. Yeah, something that when you play it, you just feel like, oh, this feels dated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our... Uh, uh, nominees are Kingdom Hearts 3, Silent Hills 2, Phoenix Wright 1. So we're going, to, we went all, two sequels and the original. Pretty good. Silent Hill 2, which among you? I picked it. Speak your name uh, and then your truth. <laughs> uh, I think the game overall I really liked. I think the game holds up in a lot of ways and its controls are not one of them it feels incredibly stiff and awkward to play and even once you get used to it it is like so jerky and like it's hard to just walk in a straight line in the game and the combat is like you have to stop and like awkwardly like whale aboard or any, <laughs> like you know kind of move a gun around it's very like rusty robotic old game controls uh in the episode on silent hill 2 in fact andy expressed that if the team that remade resident evil could remake silent hill 2 that would be like ideal and i totally see where he's coming from here and grant all those points Mm -hmm. But you did not grant them when pen came to paper. Correct. And you had to write the answer to this category. So why, Chad? Is Does Phoenix Wright have the most uh, antiquated mechanics? Yes. Uh, interestingly, this is one where I, I had a little bit of a struggle mm-hmm. trying to decide what to go for here. And 
the game has two entirely separate mechanic sets as you go through it. One of which takes place in the courtroom and it's menu selecting and you select things for menus and it's pretty simple and pretty much all you could do in the situation. Mm -hmm. And I take no issue with that. The other half of the game is walking around and looking at stuff and uh, they do it by menu selecting. The only thing that should never be done by menu selecting is moving and, and walking around. Uh, it is horrible to move through that game, uh, and you just have to slowly move your cursor over every individual thing in an area, click on it, wait for the fucking dialogue to play out, and hope to God it doesn't reset it at the end of the thing. Okay. And also, also agreed. Hold... Your damn horses, Andy Kenick. Also agreed on your Phoenix Tribe point. But my my question immediately after is it when I think of a dated mechanic, I don't think of just an old mechanic. I think of a, a mechanic that used to be in vogue. Something that was popular and done. This just sounds like a bad mechanic. What other game treated exploration yeah, like this? Yeah, uh, that was going to be my rebuttal as well, is that I don't think that's a product of the game's age. I think that's just bad design to begin with. I don't think people like this at the time. Was it even accepted at the time? Uh, I don't know what the uh, the context of like Phoenix Wright criticism at, in the <laughs> when it came out was, but I know that the game was generally well-received, so I have to imagine that... Uh, it probably didn't get brought up a whole lot. Uh, it's really just the game is old and it had hardware limitations in that it had to use a Game Boy advance buttons to do its navigation. And that's why it ended up doing that. But the game as we played it was released in 2019 and they really should have done something about it. There, ergo, old old mechanic, new game, bad choices. Uh-huh. I see. Now I will discuss Kingdom Hearts <laughs> three, mm-hmm. as I have always done and will continue <laughs> to do. It's just the combat system, man. It's as simple as that. It's just, it's. I have never felt older than the moment I picked up that game started going through it and just became more cognizant of how much I was hitting the X button over and over again and didn't have to do anything else. And tons and tons of games were just like this when I was a kid, not kingdom hearts one notably, but entire genres were based around hitting the X button until pretty things happened. And I felt so hollow and alone after, (laughs) after going through that and knowing that that was all that was there. And that's all that I needed to do to win. I didn't felt like a winner. I felt like a 45-year-old man who is never a winner. <laughs> and that's why that's why I think it deserves to be shamed publicly by winning this category. Yeah. I think one of the first things I said about the combat system on the Kingdom Hearts 3 episode was that it showed its age. But I I don't feel like it's that bad. And I feel like with polishing what's in place in Kingdom Hearts 3 could actually be good. So I I don't know if it shows its age that badly. You dodge roll to avoid damage, Andy Kenick. That's a thing that's still popular now. No, no, no. Not, not, not the concept <laughs> of dodge rolling. I mean a dodge roll that has absolute perfect at all times present and vulnerability frames. 
that's not true in Kingdom Hearts 3, is it? I, I, I'm pretty sure Birth by Sleep is the only one that has that, and oh, it's fuck. only Aqua. I'm gonna level it. with you. I never once dodge rolled in, in Kingdom Hearts Three. You so. didn't have to. A madman. I just. I he doesn't of, have our history. That's, I forgot okay. it was even an option. That's. We in, like, I, that doesn't compute. You're gonna make me short circuit. But anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on. Yeah, uh, I think there's also a quantity argument to be made because a lot of Kingdom Hearts mechanics were made over the series' storied 13 year long mm-hmm. history, and they just and they're just them, all in there. They're just yeah, in a pile. They, there is a lot that they did to update it. But I want to give it to Silent Hill. And the reason is because if the people who make Resident Evil, the oldest like survival horror series of all time, have found it necessary to go back and update tank controls and like targeted aim weird movement... It makes me feel like if even they, who made the same game seven times in a row, are going saying, nope, that's too old even for us, <laughs> I think that is the point where you, you, you go, okay, maybe there's something here. Yeah. Maybe the love of tank controls is, is too far gone. Yeah, and... You know that like feeling when you play like, a really old game, like you boot up an NES game and you try to play it and it's just off-putting to you? Yeah. Like it's just like a product of a bygone era that you missed. Like the the tank controls, like this might be more specifically me, like how much I dislike them, but they feel similar to that. It's not nearly as bad, but you pick it up and you're like, oh God, <laughs> like this used to be acceptable and it is just terrible all right i'm on the boat let's sail off to silent <laughs> hill to island all right yeah uh i will say i'm not in the same like boat, boat and i disagree but they are the oldest mechanics that feel the oldest so definitely in the in the thing all right jj there's some weird graphite sweepage on the front of this one some nice shading on that envelope (laughs) it really gives it dimension the next category worst map implementation shout outs to 30 minutes ago when this was best map implementation (laughs) yeah so this is like area maps in games where you pull up a map screen and it has markers or doesn't or you know the nominees are Kingdom Hearts 3, Kingdom Hearts 3, <laughs> and Return of the Obra Din. Ooh. All right. I'm the one who picked Return of the Obra Din. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, because <laughs> Return of the Obra Din's map is just a boat outline shape, and then they put an X on it with literally no other information. They don't tell you what deck it's on. They just give you a vague idea of what like quadrant of the boat that the thing is located. I'm gonna. I'm also gonna. I want to add to that. Mm-hmm. There's a second map that is just three boat outline shapes, mm-hmm. and I think in order to read that, you need to have built a boat personally. Yeah. <laughs> and like I, because Kingdom Hearts three also came to my mind. I mm-hmm. totally get it. But that 
map is at least functional as a map, yeah. and you can get useful information from it. Andy, I have never been so convinced by anything <laughs> in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, that, it's true. It's it's wildly bad. But also, so here's where here's where I'm at. Yeah. And why I'm going to stick, even if you uh, waffle on me here, mm -hmm. I'm going to stick to my guns. Mm -hmm. Because Kingdom Hearts 3 Your has... Keyblade guns? My, yes, I'm going to stick to my honey blasters or whatever the fuck that was called. Uh, in Kingdom Hearts 3... The map itself is useful to some extent, mm -hmm. but then also it's not useful because all the levels are very linear. Mm -hmm. So it's useful in like maybe the frozen world and that's it. Um, it also has a good map in the form of the map in the pirates area, but then they fuck it all up. <laughs> and in every single area you have to detour to a chest to pick up the map. And that ruined the map for me. So in addition to it being largely useless, even if it's a good map, it also spoils you on chests, pretty much. I don't know. What, I mean, what do you mean by spoils us on chests? Like, I, I can't get excited to see a chest when I know the first one that I see in every goddamn area is just going to have the map in it. Yeah, see, Something I expect to be there. I, I completely agree with the things you're saying. I think that's more a product of like the treasure chest implementation uh, and choosing to put just the big chest be the map. Right. And so you, there's no excitement about what it is. But you said it yourself. It is a good map. And I think the things... Uh, like about it that are bad are more in the like execution but the categories in worst map implementation not worst map overall and also i want to shout out that the Oberdin map is while well, is thematically on point it's probably historically accurate to a map <laughs> knowing this game it's probably what you would be given if you got on board a boat in that area you can make a boat a map of a boat <laughs> And this is just an outline. Yeah, you, you're tempting <laughs> us with a very not equivalent yeah, comparison like, here. You, you can say anything good about the Kingdom Hearts map. Mm -hmm. That makes it better than the Overdin map. <laughs> the Overdin map looks cool. It's just an outline of a boat on a sheet of paper. <laughs> but it's, sheet, it's not like a blank sheet of notebook paper. It's like a sheet of paper with like symbols and like nautical shit okay, around it. It's on it. a piece of parchment. Yeah, it's dope paper. I clearly haven't won you guys over. <laughs> and while I never used the map in the Overdin and the times when it, like, gives you a thing that's like, mark this on your map, it then just opens it to a screen that appears not to have changed at all. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Please keep going. No, Jay. it's a real bad map. I'll give it to you. But it's cooler, and I didn't need it ever. Mm. Sounds Where... like bad implementation. <laughs> <laughs> but the Kingdom Hearts 3 map made me get it out of a chest. Zero out of ten. All right, I win that one. <laughs> Don't put things in chests, says yeah. Chad. Don't put necessary things in chests. Like gold. Yes. You need gold to survive Someone economically. Someone should just give well, me well, gold. Hey, is this, is, this is priming us for a chest discussion mm. for next year's no clip awards oh are we gonna have like a boob themed one yeah uh, amazing chest the most amazing <laughs> chest that laid ahead yes smashiest <laughs> breasts yes uh. all right
So on to the next category, which is uh, worst use of beloved characters. Uh, so yes. a game that had beloved characters in it, and we did not like how they were portrayed or what was done with them. These fucking envelopes. It, we, we picked the envelopes. I know. No, we didn't. We got them at the last minute. All right. We yeah, picked. it was a really bad scene. Deep envelopes, not the way to go. Yeah, you want much smaller envelopes. Yes. Than this. We'll think about it sooner next year. Yeah. Maybe. We say to the crowd. All right. Watching <laughs> the nominees are Hidden My Game by Mom. I've already forgotten the category. That's how off the mark <laughs> that worst is. Worst use of beloved characters. Oh, I know this now. Okay. Okay. Derasine mm-hmm. and Detective Pikachu. All right. What the fuck? Uh, Derasine. That's me. I, uh, I, I want you to explain it last because I'm excited about that. Okay. okay. So I went with Detective Pikachu, and I think basically every Pokemon except Pikachu is kind of given the short end of the stick here. They're basically just. Uh, text box spewing uh, blank slates. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just leave it there for now. I was going to cons- I was considering Detective Pikachu strictly for Feebas because <laughs> they did our boy real dirty by giving they him the most irritating voice of anything <laughs> ever in the history of audio. Oh yeah, I would totally get on board. A more like deep dulcet sea bass. Dude, we need a good Phoebus. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, uh, hidden my game by mom, JJ. Uh, as previously alluded within the podcast, this game portrays all other human beings you encounter <laughs> as l- obstacles on your DS grabbing goals that you never interact with and never speak to. And I find this very damaging to the public understanding of the nuclear family. Moms are some of the most <laughs> beloved characters in all of our lives, universally growing up. And the mere sight of a mom is a fail state in this game. Wow. Yeah. The, I honestly, when you said this earlier, I thought that you had just come up with it. And, like, it seems like you've somehow, like, stopped time to go back and fl- and switch out the your nominees. Mm-hmm. But this was prepared. It was. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. Also, pulling... what about the Nintendo 3DS? That's a beloved character. <laughs> that's and not a character. <laughs> they, like, a, like an elephant shits one out in the game. Like That's that's pretty disrespectful. All right, Chad. Uh, Derecine, uh uses one of the most already abused characters in games to further abuse not just the character itself, but also the fan base of um, just indisputably one of the greatest games of all time. Derecine uses the pale doll from Bloodborne to insinuate that there might be more Bloodborne eventually. (laughs) (laughs) And then to make matters worse, From Software has come out and said, don't read too much into that. It was just a joke, mostly. (laughs) So... Did they add mostly? I don't remember. Oh. hmm. It's Japanese. They always have, like, the translations are never perfect, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Japanese are impossible to understand foreign people. (laughs) (laughs) This is a real problem. (laughs) (laughs) You mean racism? Yes, I see. (laughs) It's a real problem. Uh, But anyway, that's why they're seeing it, because they use the pale doll in the game, and the pale doll should not be used in such a frivolous manner. (laughs) See, I love that answer. I think it's real outside the box. Mm-hmm. But 
It's less outside the box than JJ's answer. <laughs> That's true. But uh, I, I, the, the Pale Doll is a cool character, and I will admit that I'm not super tapped into the Bloodborne fan base, but it's not like something that would come to mind when I'd think beloved character. Personally, maybe I'm off base there. No, I, but I'm sorry I made the clicking sound so loud on the podcast. Yeah. I, I wanted you to finish. But uh, oh, you've distracted me too much. Ah, my plan. Uh, <laughs> oh, and I also think like her inclusion in Deracine as a doll that is owned by one of the children is a cool Easter egg, and maybe a little bit on the fans for reading so much into it. The Item description. Okay, all right. I'll come out and say it. I was one of the fans that read too much into it. I mean, it. I'd love to see a Bloodborne too. The item like... description of the Pale Doll when you get it in the game se- describes it as coming from the unfinished tale. Right. The unfinished tale. <laughs> I mean, that seems like more of a troll from some from software and less like a like disrespecting of the character. Heart to heart, Chad. A grievous wound has been placed upon us by this, <laughs> by this unfollowed up Deracine tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would argue, the character of the pale doll is not in Deracine. The visage of the pale doll is in is in Deracine. It's like the equivalent. If, if imagine if you'd taken that doll out and replaced it with like, I don't know. A Pokemon, like Lapras, like a Lapras doll. Okay, so, all right, we have to, you, we have to quash this immediately <laughs> because you chose moms. <laughs> this <laughs> is an image representing a mom. It is not mom. Also, mom isn't a character. <laughs> yeah, and additionally, Pokemon moms have character. That's not the prompt, moms JJ. Have uniform <laughs> character. That's and a stereotype, JJ. It is. It and is also, Pokemon yes. are just... Like, none of the Pokemon in Pokemon <laughs> Detective Pikachu uh-huh. are literally the Pokemon that they were anywhere else. Except Mewtwo, I guess. Yeah. I don't want to get too far from this. Which is why it's a bad use of them. I agree it's a bad use of them as well. I'm just... I want to know before we keep going. Yes or no, do you, do you consider just... A representation of a character as on a doll as a use of the character. JJ. Yes, Chad. The character is a doll. <laughs> but it's not a stuffed doll. It, it could be. What do you mean? No, it couldn't be. You can see inside of his head. She uh, that's, that's a weird she argument. Does, she but does you're look right. like she's made of like prosthetics. <laughs> yeah, no, she's a doll in like a more but like, like she's also only exists in a dream. <laughs> she's in real the real world too. Are you implying that's true. that she could like change her form voluntarily into a straw doll i don't see why not hey, hey. you voluntarily spoiler alert change your form into a squid so I mean, it's more fun to argue for this but the doll also makes the make contact gesture when you pick it up also true i mean other dolls can make gestures and still not be but people it, it does kind of imply that there's like some kind of like something up with the doll something otherworldly did you see a little string in the back that you could no there sure wasn't oh nope. fuck it's like the doll was trying to make contact with you and to give you a special message it was mm-hmm. but i still my my biggest argument against it is it's more of like blood or jeez bloodborne uh from software kind of messing with the fan base and less like i don't think it's like a bad use of the character specifically mm-hmm. Like, if they teased, 
Bloodborne in any way, shape, or form, it would elicit the same reaction. I think the delivering it through the doll isn't really what makes it. But that's the thing that, well, it's not even that because, like, I'm saying it's a bad use of the character because they're using the doll from Bloodborne to deliver this this thing. Right. But at the same time, they're using just the concept of a world of Pokemon in a bad game, I think is as <laughs> weak, if not weaker. Uh, I'm actually more with Andy on this. I think all of the distinct Pokemon, as I envision them, their designs are supposed to invoke personalities that they suddenly don't have. Like, I think... I think Andy's point is more of an aggregate of different Pokemon, tons of different examples of a specific Pokemon whose design, aesthetic, and personality was not carried through into its speech. You know, Feebas did not look like the kind of person I thought Feebas was sad, lonely, Raymond munching uh-huh. that yeah, I assumed yeah, he would Yeah, kind of getting at, yeah, that like the Pokemon are kind of just designs yes. in Detective Pikachu and not actually... I don't agree. I, I just don't agree. Like, if we're broadening it to that scope, the Pokemon Pokemon generally mm-hmm. don't have... They ha- they're supposed to have individualized personalities. And I think that the game generally would exhibit a positive interpretation of the Pokemon way more times than it does not. I think that there are a couple of examples that are like egregious and stupid, and the game is terrible. <laughs> but I don't think that that in itself is a one for one in the, in this case. Can you give me an example of Pokemon you thought they really did right in Detective Pikachu? Timber. It's a Pokemon <laughs> who's defined by carrying things around, and it carried things around. It even was more observant than I would have expected it to be. <laughs> Why? Okay. Why do you think people who carry things aren't observant, Chad? (laughs) No, I don't think... You're putting too many words in my mouth here. I don't think that Timber looks like he would be very observant. People who carry things in Timber are not all... (laughs) Are not the same group. (laughs) I carried shit earlier. I was not a Pokemon at the time. Fair. God, this is a tangled web we've woven for this particular category. All right, I'll change my answer then. <laughs> no, I... I... Derecine also has a character named Yulia, which is a terrible use of the fake cat that the undead merchant is, is petting in Dark Souls 1. <laughs> she wasn't even a cat. Terrible use of that cat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Horrible. Answer <laughs> change to Derecine. Uh, I think we need to wrap this one up. I do. Uh, did I sway you, JJ? No. No. Okay, then who wins? Is it a stalemate? Oh, I mean, can't I? Can't I just win with no. my mom? You cannot win with mom. We <laughs> you, you were counted out. <laughs> I noticed. I guess you could force a stalemate by not changing your answer. Hmm. How yeah, much you do either I tie break or you bit? make a stalemate. Do I, oh, I can king make right now. I think. I think the Yulia joke is funnier than my mom's <laughs> joke, and will therefore. <laughs> Give it to Chad on that basis. All right. Yes. Well, we get to talk so much about Dark Souls. I love Dark Souls. I, 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 me too. Oh, Dark Souls is great. This next question is... Have you ever heard about how there's, like, this interconnected world? Like, you can, like, go... You go down this elevator and, you're like, oh, fuck, you're back in Firelink Shrine. You're in Firelink Shrine. Oh, yeah. my God. And you can, like, jump off of the elevator and you can find secret chests. And the, the game never, like, draws attention to it, so it's, like, a real secret. This next category is most connected to Firelink Shrine, and the nominees are... Uh, no, this category is most unique mechanic set, uh, which 
just absolutely broke my head trying to come up with which one I it was in this particular instance. Maybe the best year for this category ever. I thought there was a kind of a runaway correct answer, but okay, that, can, yeah. that can still be true while it's That's also being the fair best enough, year. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, the nominees are Bob is You, Bob is You, Device 6. <laughs> Uh, I mostly chose device six because my assumption was that one or both of you would choose Bobby as you. Um, and if we're talking about like pure mechanic sets, barring everything else, I would argue that little Inferno probably has a almost kind of a chance to run away with it because it's not anything that you ever do in any other game, which is just burn things. And that is all, but I gotta agree with Bob is you on this one. <laughs> uh, my vote for device six uh, was mostly a shadow because I wasn't sure if we were gonna get to talk about it mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the game is a cool game about reading and figuring out puzzles and your location and exploration and everything through text and sound. And it's just such an unusual presentation that even though the mechanics are mostly generic puzzle solving mechanics it's framed in such a way that it makes it a totally unique and interesting experience so i I think that mechanically speaking bob is you has a leg up on it but it depends on how granular you get with it yeah that's kind of how i made my decision as well because like there were a couple games i considered like oberdin was one but i was when it came down to it i felt like I needed to rule out presentation and the kind of contextual things that make something like device six or Oberdin stand out Yeah, and go for the pure mechanic set. And I think Baba is you is a step above everything else. Like I cannot compare anything to it really, except for Steven sausage roll, maybe. And, and even those are like way different. Yeah. You yeah, just do scaling. Yeah. And, 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 and the kind of curve that you have to follow mentally. Sure. But the mechanics are, nothing nothing like it and i doubt it's a mechanics that's so unique i doubt there will ever be a game that tries to imitate it yeah that's probably true yeah but if we break it down even further than that and say <laughs> that the mechanic says just walking around rob is usually like normal mm-hmm. death stranding <laughs> also so clearly as you chad have admitted you actually think the answer is Baba is you. And B wanted to shout out device six. Is this is this correct? Yeah, more or less. Okay. Well then I will treat that as an admission of guilt and you are disrespecting <laughs> the no clip awards fundamentally. Mm. And now that we have this you are being recorded right now. Oh no. This is a sting operation. The council will come later to decide your fate. The no clip council? Yes. Oh, the no council. We don't have a council. I'm good, bitches. <laughs> oh, you're correct. Oh, God. Dude. Wait, wait to get use the logic riddle. of the uh, podcast <laughs> to get around it. The next category is best soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The nominees are deep in this envelope. Katamari Damasi. Delta Rune and Katamari Damacy. Ooh, I didn't expect that at all. Yeah, going through all of the games, Katamari was the only one that really jumped out at me. 
Uh, last year, we had, I think, a handful of like really strong contenders. And one thing I think they all had in common is I felt like their soundtracks really like embodied the games, like kind of either like aesthetically or like uh, like tonally or like atmospherically, whatever stuff like that. And Katamari, I feel like, is the only game we played this year that also did that, which gave it the edge. I for will counter argue you on this, but I also put Katamari Damashi, <laughs> so it's not a strong counter argument. And that is Oberdin. I very much considered Oberdin. I think quantity legitimately yeah. is what held me back. I thought there are like three really outstandingly great songs in Oberdin, and. Uh, they use them a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it is like perfectly in line with like the thematics and the yeah. everything else. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Like it just like the music in that game is great and it's like perfect like ocean adventure music. Mm. But like it doesn't. Yeah. There's very few tracks and it doesn't quite go like that extra mile. Everyone stares at me immediately. <laughs> I mean, I could also just throw in, uh, as far as why I voted for Katamari Damashi, uh, is super obvious if you were aware of me as a person at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Kat- I've been listening to the Katamari Damashi soundtrack pretty much on repeat since I was 11 years old. So it's just great. It's funny. I love it. It sounds real goofy. It fits the game really well. I've got the vinyl. I've got the CD. I've got the remix album. Like, (laughs) I really love this soundtrack. And it's for the complete opposite reasons that I loved, like, the Nier soundtrack. I got a Mia Culpa here. The only reason I wrote Deltarune is because near the end of the game, there's, like, the best sound track not soundtrack there's like the best shop remix music okay in any game in the history of all video games yeah i i really wanted to pick delta rune for something and uh i think it, this was a good category to vote for it for indeed but like i think for me it suffered a little bit from a little bit too similar to the first game syndrome where like i felt like the undertale soundtrack really stood out to me and then this game's music was really similar and i don't know that i can really remember like hear any of the songs in my head when i think about delta rune i think that's a time and saturation thing true but at the it same might, it's probably not like a fair criticism but yeah. either way, delta Rune was on my short list of, of favorite soundtracks this year uh, and it is outstanding, and I don't think that you need to, like, fall on your sword about a good shop song. I think that, like, just legitimately the music in the game is super great, and I think yeah. most people would, most sane people would also consider it. Excellent. I also think that people who consider the Katamari Damashi soundtrack to be super great are probably insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's fair. No, it isn't, but... It's real goofy. That's really how I was going. Yeah, right? no, I think there's more artistic integrity to it than people would give it credit for. <laughs> it's just not artistic integrity that is fun to look at. It is artistic <laughs> integrity that is distressing to look at. And that's also art and is also good. Yeah. I mean, I know that you feel that way about the game because we recorded a podcast on it where we discussed it at length. Yes. But I don't feel that way about Katamari. <laughs> I'm going to... We love Katamari. Yeah, the sequel. (laughs) Check us out next time. I'm going to stick to my 
my guns and fall on the slings and arrows because God knows I'm not going to convince either of you. <laughs> All right. Win for Katamari. That was the most important category for Katamari. Yep. All right. I like this category quite a bit. What's the category? The category is best costume design. So this is uh, not quite character design, but like kind of literally costume design, like in the Oscars. Like which game had the coolest costume designs for characters to be wearing? And the nominees are... Detention, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Katamari Damacy. I didn't put it on that one, actually. <laughs> yeah, that one was me. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm in for Katamari Damacy as best costume design. Okay, I, okay let's just address this now. Mm-hmm. A dress, dress, yes. costumes. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll be here all week. Uh, so, I assume that we're talking about not the people on the street. Correct. We're talking about tight body stockings <laughs> worn by the royalty of the cosmos. Yes. And and I I hope hope I'm I'm right about this. I assume the the cylinders on their heads <laughs> Are the cosmic equivalent of crowns? No one knows. I mean, well, they also wear crowns. He's wearing as well. a crown, yeah. So it might be part of that crown. It could be a bonus crown. Yeah. <laughs> it could be part of his head too. Who knows? Well, all of the cousins, right? Who may or may not be actual biological cousins. That's not really discussed. Mm-hmm. Have differently shaped heads. Uh-huh. Some of them have tall heads instead of long ones. Some are round. Which implies that it's a fashion choice and not like a freak genetic. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm falling on it. I think we yeah. can count it as clothes. Good. Okay. And I think we agree if it is clothes, it's by far the boldest, most fashion conscious thing in any <laughs> game we've played this year. I will give you bold. <laughs> uh, I went with Kingdom Hearts 3 because there's a lot of great costume work in that game. Like, legitimately. Like,. I think all you really need to do is look at the Pirates of the Caribbean costumes for Sora, Donald, and Goofy. They're fantastic. Sora's even got a gold tooth when he's a pirate. Fantastic attention to detail. Uh, I think Tetsuya Nomura's a really good costume designer. He redesigns all the costumes for each of the games, and he like did it, like, what, four times in this one? Uh, I, and I think it, they're all really great. I think... I think we are almost obligated from like a utilitarian perspective not to allow Kingdom Hearts 3 to win this category because of the emails we will receive. (laughs) Don't cow to emails, JJ. I love emails that are good, though. My psyche is weak and I need reinforcement (laughs) from the public. I think Kingdom Hearts 3 is a really interesting choice here. Um because I was also considering it. Uh, it's It definitely has the quantity argument mm-hmm. uh, locked the fuck up. Yeah, like, I, it's I, the most designs in one game, yeah, I and think. And I ever. really want to push for those original ones. Because there's a lot of Disney stuff to fall back on. Right. So I'm not even, like, counting the Disney characters. Like, all the outfits for the original characters, I think, cinch it on its own. Yeah. And I think that, like, if you compare the games in the series, Kingdom Hearts 3 is a much more... The fashion choices are a lot more reasonable, and I yeah. think that they outclass the character designs from 
Kingdom Hearts 2 pretty much universally. Yeah. And they probably also outclass all of the designs from Kingdom Hearts 1, except Kingdom Hearts 1 invented those characters. Right. And so I feel like it loses, it's diminished slightly because it's a third iteration. But maybe I'm wild. You are wild, but that... (laughs) No, never mind. You are wild. (laughs) This is the, like, no cuts episode, Uh, so that's just going to stay. I want to hear your reasoning for detention. Yeah, so detention does not get the uh, award from me, the nod, simply because it has, like... Uh, school uniforms which are super easy to design and in fact take no work uh i'm giving the credit uh for the costume design to the ghosts actually uh they're wearing some ghostly styles for sure and uh particularly i love the designs of the uh the big hat tall man and i know what you're talking about legitimately. yeah <laughs> big hat tall man is really good and the like uh ghostly white dress ghosts uh are particularly eerie and mm-hmm. i think did a lot to enhance uh and i mostly came to this because i was thinking about silent hill 2 and how much the costume design kind of lacks in that one even though it emphasizes the points they're trying to get across nurse with titties is not <laughs> like is not like the thing that i like i'm like oh this is the best part of this game whereas like i think that tall man with the big hat <laughs> might have been like one of my favorite parts of that game aesthetically yeah. all right i feel like in order to be a fair and unbiased judge andy you have to walk over to the computer and pull up a full screen image of big hat tall man so that I can have a frame of reference to compare this to the nice Riku costume that I has All right. very solidified in my I, head. I got this. We actually will cut this part. Unless yeah. you want to continue discussing no, while no. I do it. Cut it, because there are going to be too many chair and table sounds. Agreed. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, you played this game? Yeah. Oh, that's I detention. love this game. I forgot its name, but I have seen it, and it'll look good. Big hat, tall man. I think, well, his hat certainly plays a part, which I would call his costume. Mm-hmm. I think it's more the character design itself than the costumes that make the enemies in detention good. Yeah, it's not the shirt that makes him tall. <laughs> certainly isn't. <laughs> but it, but it certainly is a, isn't. It really is a, a tall shirt, though. It is a very big shirt, but that's not... That was a restriction when the ghost tailor was given the order. He didn't have... It wasn't a choice to be like, I'm going to make a strong artistic statement about the size of this shirt. <laughs> Unless he did intend that and just tragically gave the shirt to a man who was also very equally tall. tall. So it looked more normal yeah. than he had intended it to. <laughs> it would be. No, I agree that this is by far the plainest of the choices, mm-hmm. Like, it, but it was just in how effective the character designs were and how they chose to go about them because they're a mix of the unreal and the mundane and that meshes. Um, and despite what you said, I think I'm probably going to end up giving it to kingdom hearts on this one. (laughs) I do love the Katamari thing, but I think that the jury is still out as to whether or not those are clothes or just what their heads look like. (laughs) Damn it. All right. I should have, I should have leaned in harder on on collected evidence about their clothes status. (laughs) 
I bet that can't well, be the first person to have this question. What does the king of all cosmos look like with the hat off? If a, that's a hat, a guy, like just a regular man <laughs> with a very defined chin. Yes. Oh, I hate that though. <laughs> I don't know. I'm up in the air. Are you, would you be willing to switch to Katamari? No. Then I'm, I think I'm going to go Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Gotta love them zippers. I I do love King of All Cosmos, but I think he alone cannot sway me. I mean, the prince has a cool design. And all the princes. It's so simple, though. It's pretty simple. Fashion is often about simplicity. Eh. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Of course, I shouldn't be arguing the merits of simplicity to Mr. Nomura, loving all your belts and zippers and zipping belts. No, I mean, there is power in simplicity, but, I mean, the prince is literally just wearing, like, a green shirt and it's like some pink gr- pants. Yeah, they're very bold colors, though. They are yeah. bold. Hey, I he, you've already won. You don't need to be <laughs> distraught about it. Uh, all right. This one uh, is a good question, I think, for people designing video games. <laughs> what is the question? The question is, which game did we play this year? I've never seen someone fail to use a letter opener that much. And that many times in a row as well. Uh, Is which game is least likely to appeal to an American audience? (laughs) We we tried to go with new quirky categories, but that turned into very long wordy categories. (laughs) Uh, And the nominees are Derecine... The game that gets nominated for every single category, Kingdom Hearts 3, and Tamashi, which I, I honestly, I, I need, I guess I'll just hear uh, arguments now. I assume Andy's Derecina? Yeah. If, if you go for, like, the stereotypical, like, short attention span modern American, mm-hmm. uh, Derecina is the opposite of everything that they would like. Uh, it's... Uh, very slow paced it's got the period dialogue it's got like this drab kind of depressing setting it's you know people i think an american audience wants something a little bit more uh convenient a little bit more something that respects their time a bit more you know something a bit more like fun and laid back never in your entire life have you sounded more like a ceo like a well, man. that's that's the kind mindset of, the of this category. <laughs> <laughs> the mindset of this category is not the stereotype of what the, the disconnected elite believe America is. It's about what Americans actually want. And Americans have proven time and time again that many of them do want slow, contemplative bullshit. How, how well did Derecine sell? How well did Gone Home sell? Better than Derecida, I would almost guarantee it. No, no, that's my point. Oh. My point is that, like... Oh, there because are all Gone these... Home is similar to Derecida. And didn't have, like, a crazy marketing budget behind it, among many other games that are equally contemplative like that and are very plain in their presentation. This is... A, what You are parodying the stereotype behind people who have the power to create games, not the reality of the world that we live in. <laughs> I, I also consider Derecine like, for this. I, I feel <laughs> like Gone Home probably didn't sell that great either. No. Gone Home broke a million, I know. That's true. Very quickly as well. Because it's like cool and a good video game. No, I'm not, I'm not arguing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Derecine is good too. I just wanted to show for Gone Home but a little bit. I, I feel like 
they they definitely like go against like popular design trends for american audiences okay who do you think is the audience that is better for derecine than americans like europeans uh i mean i i feel like we start talking about this kind of stuff we're just gonna be like talking out our asses because we don't really know but uh if i had to pick another like uh country hungarians uh european would probably be what i would have come up with because that's the setting of the game yeah there's a lot that actually goes to that like i would have considered buying fallout 76 despite not liking the fallout games that are supposed to actually be good Mm -hmm. because it is set in west virginia i did do that that is in fact the reason that i bought yeah 76 is because so if you i mean that that probably that appeals Tell me why Tosh Tosh. I no. I I feel like I'm just gonna come in here and just shit on this category. So let's hear why Kingdom Hearts Three is a bad fit for uh, for American audiences. Well, I think if you correlate sales numbers to review scores, there's considerable evidence that Americans like games that are good. Generally, mm. yeah, they like they are really big on games that are good. And they when they like them and that they're fun to play and are rewarding in any way. I uh, see. Kingdom, I like Heart, Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts has Disney characters in it. Americans fucking love Disney. Uh, the game was I feel like was everywhere when it came out. It's it has a sense of fun and flashiness to it. Like I feel like it has tons of appeal on like for for lots of different kinds of people i just wanted to get one last punch in because i didn't think it was guaranteed (laughs) i also submit my judgment to the no clip no council uh (laughs) for for disrespecting the awards for the for the chance at this punch i will also say that kingdom hearts is marketed pretty heavily on uh uh what's her name nominee Oh, Utada Hikaru. Utada Hikaru's like theme music for for the games mm-hmm. and the popularity of K-pop currently makes me think that Asian pop music must be like at least on the minds of the American youth. It is. <laughs> so, it, I have evidence that it is strong evidence. Can, do we have Naruto to thank for this? No. No. Naruto? Nar- Nar- Naruto <laughs> popularized like a lot of like the shonen like hit single like anime openings that are like super popular i was totally unfamiliar about this as a thing yeah because like my sister really likes it um and i was like watching an episode over at my parents house and the episode ended and a song that i know like uh by oreska band is Uh. just one of the end themes so like there's so many different like arcs of that show and so many different like songs that have been attached to it that i i really think it was like a window into japanese music for like a certain demographic and that's why it's more popular in america i was under the impression that k-pop's demographic skew not universal of course but skew in the u.s was towards women though and i feel like women did not care about naruto as a general rule i don't know that but i feel like it's got to be an influence but they might like kingdom hearts yeah they might like that too anyway uh 
if there's an argument to be made against my choice of Tamashi, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is that Tamashi appeals to no audience. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It doesn't feel like it would specifically not appeal to an American audience. Right. It's so, just really obscure. Yeah, Tamashi. But I think that Tamashi does everything that it can in its power to repel its audience. Um, and I think that there are people who are more in willing to engage with that. And based on the game's inspirations, I want to say that it isn't American. Because the games this game takes its inspiration from are all Japanese games. Uh, but it is just, like, wildly out there with unusual, uh, like, kind of weird, uh, like, level design choices and, like, really off-the-wall aesthetics. Yeah, it also takes inspiration from, like, Geiger and like other western religions and things like it is a weird cocktail and i think would be equally appealing and unappealing to anyone yeah when you throw it all in the vat there's a little <laughs> something in there for everyone hi i'm, a, I'm an announcer <laughs> where did that accent come from you did it so well it took me a second to question it <laughs> Don't you know that's his announcer? Actually. JJ's been working on his acting. I was trying to do my rendition of what the Pepperidge Farm guy was like when he was 30 and not 70. Oh, and that's okay. what it came out as. Alright. Uh, do we have like a any way of deciphering what this all means? <laughs> I don't know. Where's the no clip, no counsel codex to That's allow the us trick to with the no counsel is that they don't exist. Oh, <laughs> uh... Uh, well, my vote shouldn't count for anything, so it's really just between you two, I believe. My vote is useless and dumb. <laughs> well, I know more Americans who have played Derecine than I do Americans who have played Tamashi. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's because of its obscurity, though. Well, it's because the only people I know who've played Derecine are the two of you, and the only person I know who's played Tamashi is just you. <laughs> yeah. But for my sample size, that's a 50% increase in player yeah, base. I, oh, yeah. I feel like I can think of people that I know who would might like Tamashi. Like, I can't think of, like, people who like weird horror stuff. Yeah. I can't think of anybody who's like, yeah, <laughs> Derecine. <laughs> like, that's the aesthetic that I like. That's a good point. That's I can an think excellent of maybe, point. like, a couple of people, but not not as many and I can't, I'll give it to you. Derecine was definitely under consideration for me as well. Yeah, Derecine right. also gets my vote. All right. I think JJ's turn. Oh, it is thank Jayden. God. This is the one category I wanted more than any other. <laughs> this is the penultimate category. Yes. Our penultimate category, bending over BAFTA. Uh, the... <laughs> Which, um, you know, because the name is so good, you clearly know what it means <laughs> immediately. Uh, is our Oscar bait category to recognize the game that was the best at wanting to be awarded for things. Well it's said, kind of a well meta said. category, yes. but I, I do like it. This one will probably return in Avengers End Infinity game. War. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's copyright straight. All right. The nominees are... Yeah, yeah, you come back to the podcast, you immediately copyright strike us. <laughs> the nominees are... Death Stranding, God of War, Derecine. I want to say up front, 
Yeah. Probably my favorite suite of of nominees that we've had for any category this episode. Yeah. Uh, when I was deciding what to choose for this, I considered all of the these almost in this exact order. <laughs> and I remember going, should I do the one that I like and say, like, maybe this game was trying a bit too hard? Or should I just put God of War because I didn't like it that much? <laughs> and so I went with God of War. Uh, I think God of War tried to do a whole bunch of things to distance itself from its own series past, um, really only clinging onto the things that would make like the uh, narrative beat one single beat that it actually had with with its past really ring true. And I think it was fairly successful at that, but I also felt like the entire story was so melodramatic. It didn't feel like it was a game in the same series. And to some extent, this is maybe less Oscar bait and more like clickbait where people were like, <laughs> I'll buy that. Cause it's a God of war game, even though it clearly wasn't a God of war game. Yeah. I considered God of war as well. I came down to, I nominated death stranding. I came down to the two of those, and what made me lead, lean Death Stranding was I thought about God of War, and I'm like, it really, really feels like a game that wants to be liked. Like, you know, <laughs> it it's definitely deserves its nomination. But I feel like, so I, I, I thought about the Oscar bait comparison, and I feel like God of War is trying more to be liked by everyone it's more like the uh, like wants to be the Avengers of video games, right? And it's less like wants to be like a heady, more like well like experiment like experimental like the kind of thing that would get nominated for best picture. Yeah, can Andy think of a single movie that has been nominated for best picture that is classified accurately as Oscar bait? Uh, hold on. Uh, drive. Good. Good job. Oh, that is a good choice. You actually, win. Yeah. Yes, excellent. Yeah, it's definitely not comparable to that. If you want to like go cross, uh, medium yeah. comparisons. I do love that argument. Frankly, I feel like in order to be the true embodiment of bending over BAFTA, you have to have a little bit of disdain for the average consumer. Like you have to really not spend much or any time caring about what the average person would want and expect out of their experience and god of war is such a good game overall that it has a lot it cares about everything including that experience it goes in some places like with the rpg elements too far to accommodate what the average person would expect yeah yeah so i you, you have gone for and selected a game that clearly had aspirations to be awarded but I think the kind of awards that it expected to receive were the game awards, not BAFTA. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's fair. I want to hear about Derasine. Derasine gives absolutely no shit about you, the human being, and expects you to come to it every step of the way. From the very platform it was chosen <laughs> to embody, probably among the most exclusive these days outside of the Engage. Uh, <laughs> two seconds on that one. Yeah. Uh, it it has nothing that is marketable save for like maybe pretty still images of flowers that is not something that the kind of 
people who are interested in, in video games will mostly consider effective marketing. And the most Oscar Beatty of things, a name. Mm-hmm. It is associated with From Software, who is a previously well-respected, well-known developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably more so... Uh, I mean, Death Stranding obviously has the exact same thing, mm-hmm. but like... Yeah, maybe I just uh, always want to jerk off From Software too much, mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Uh, it it feels more genuine than that to me. Like oh. Derecine doesn't feel like it's waving its arms for like consider us for an award. I I I don't think that should be the part of the necessary criteria for Oscar bait. Maybe this I mean, is a conversation th- we should have had before. I mean that I'll accept that. I think I mean, you can be. Completely... That's how you made your decision. <laughs> I think you can be completely genuine in your belief that you are better than the average person and know better than them and this is real art. I I feel like I don't get that vibe from the game. Why? It's a good game. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think think the fact, especially that it's for VR, like I feel like they knew a lot of people probably weren't going to play it and it feels more like experimental. It, It doesn't feel like it's try it's gunning to be like this great interesting thing like i don't know it just doesn't then why is it set in like a british children's foster home i couldn't tell you it's because of the fairy tale thing yeah like for being like very descriptive about it mm-hmm. i think the the reason for its setting and everything was just to have an appropriate time and place for the existence of the the fairies and their associated tales uh to like come up and be believed naturally by human beings that's a very good answer chad good job but but i'm not saying that disqualifies it for being oscar because like i can imagine like a movie version of this that's super oscar baity yeah but like i feel like here it 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 just doesn't come off to me that way it feels more like i don't know i said genuine why do you think Death Stranding is Oscar bait? Death Stranding, it, the casting of like real people in it, I think is kind of trying to like push it for more legitimacy. Like, look at these like Hollywood actors in the game. Uh, like Hideo Kojima has always had that more cinematic angle to his games, where he it feels like he is kind of trying to push games into like a more artistic like this is going to go over your head kind of a thing and all of those things i think come out to bat in uh death stranding i i have always gotten the sense from kojima that the kind of thing he was aspiring to create cinematically if he got the chance to direct the film he has clearly always wanted to make Mm -hmm. uh would not be a heady movie like drive but would be escape to new york with like crazy high tier sci-fi stuff in the background uh i don't know maybe it's a difference in perception of kojima but i feel like if he made a movie right now it would be an oscar Beatty movie chad input i don't think the death stranding is oscar bait and my primary reasoning for that is that I don't think that Kojima was thinking about that kind of a thing at all while making this game. I, I think that the game is too centered on 
his ideas that he's just had for years and hasn't been able to actually put into things to the point where the game ends up being like a little bit overstuffed. I think that he wanted the game to stand out and be different and potentially that qualifies it. But at the same time, I don't think that it was the primary objective. But I don't really think it was... The, I think the only game in, in this list where it was the primary objective was to get accolades was God of War. I think... Okay, here's an important distinction with Kojima. I think this, the games Kojima makes, the like platonic forms of video games his studio is going to be able to keep spitting out now, I don't think they're after validation. I think Kojima just already thinks he's awesome and doesn't care if you disagree. <laughs> But he still does things like that whole environmentalism speech and like uh was that for the first Metal Gear? True, very like, true. I, I I just feel like though that kind of uh I don't like that it just feels self important to me a it little is. it I don't know, and it just kinda comes off to me in all the his games that I've played. And but it that might be some preconceived notions bleeding in, but this is like our most interesting tension point that I think we've reached. Just whether yeah, because like not... I don't want to shit on Death Stranding. No, because I like it, but I also want to make my point. Things can be Oscar welcome bait. to debating people. <laughs> Things can be Oscar bait and good. We said this that's already. true. That is true. Yeah, I'm standing by my original pick, given the the field. I think I'm also standing by my original pick, uh, and so am I. All right, it's a drum. A very worthy draw, frankly. Yeah, no, I I agree. I will say that if any of these were movies, like if they just made a film that told the story of any of the three, I think that Derecene would be the one that most likely would have been an Oscar bait movie. Yeah. But I think it's because they would have like somehow managed to cast Meryl Streep in it. <laughs> uh, and now for our final category, as All read right. by Andy. Drum roll, please. Dun, 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 That's dun, 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 also dun, fanfare. <laughs> All right, yeah. As previously stated, this is game of the year, and this is just our favorite game, each of us, uh, that we played this year. Uh, there's no winners. We just kind of say our But piece. there are losers. But yeah. there are losers, that's for sure. Uh, we say our piece on why we liked it. All right, so we got Silent Hill 2. I'm assuming that's, that's Chad. Big big surprise. Uh, Return of the Obra Dinn. And Psychonauts. Do you want me to go in the same order we did last year or switch it up? I don't remember. You started last year. I don't want to go first. All right. I will go first because I feel like I have some splaining to do uh, as to why Silent Hill 2 is the game that I chose. Um, really, like if we're being incredibly... like by the numbers about it my favorite game that we played this year is probably katamari damashi but it's not what game of the year is about it wasn't a game that i played this year and really enjoyed this year like when i played it i had memories of my old days but i kind of blazed through the game i think it only took me like four or five hours to get through uh and it was just like it is my favorite game that we played this year that has always been one of my favorite games. And the same applies to Psychonauts. And the same applies to... Uh, it might just be those ones. Uh, <laughs> hit my game by mom. Uh, <laughs> easily in my top ten. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it was between 
when I thought about it as game of the year, it was between this and Death Stranding for me. Death Stranding for being so out there and interesting that I wanted to just kind of get up here and just say some things in case you didn't want to listen to the previous episode. I just wanted to hammer home how much I enjoyed that game. Uh, But I went with Silent Hill 2 because while uh, the marred by the control experience that Andy brought up earlier and the fact that it is kind of a dated game and the fact that some of the voice acting is kind of terrible taking all that in combination it is still a miraculous new experience for me that has existed forever and ever and has managed to hold up uh we cheat pretty bad when it comes to game of the year because we're talking about games that could have existed forever like we could play super metroid and be like game of the year super metroid we we cheat only in reference to other people's expectations when they hear the phrase (laughs) we are very honest to our experience game of the year for the podcast yeah Yeah. no that is that's fair but I'm saying it is a cheat because people expect one thing and we give them a different thing. That's why I said what it was up front. But yeah. we are the we are the Oscar bait of podcasts. If Oscar bait was also the like award fat goes and to the no quit podcast. Yeah. But anyway, uh, continue your thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, we, I, I in my mind we kind of do that, and we could easily pick something that is just real good, and we just choose the thing that's real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Silent Hill really stands the test of time for the fact that I played it for the very first time in 2019 and fucking loved it. Like, thought it was real, real good. And, like, that's saying something. Like, Katamari I still like, but I played it for the first time in the early 2000s. And the fact that I still like it now is always going to be reflective of that first experience. Silent Hill 2 is a game that is a genre that I love, done in a way that I love. And it still works. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. I almost picked it as well, uh, <laughs> despite having my gripes with the controls. Like, it is amazing how well everything comes together and how well it's held up. JJ. I was starting. I know. I was do it. <laughs> All right. Look, I have jacked off Return of the Obra Dinn plenty. And it deserves as many more strokes as I can possibly give it with the time that it is presented here. They say that, like, true paradigm-shifting art is recognized by the sense that after it is gone, you feel like it was always there. Like, after you... It's hard to conceive of a time before Star Wars, you know? It's hard to conceive of a time before the way superhero movies have, like, dominated current cinema... After playing Return of the Obra Dinn, I have that same sensation. Like, it's hard for me to believe that it took until now for someone to think of this kind of puzzle-solving idea. And I, though I don't know if this is the case yet, hope it to be equally as perpetual. This feels like I'm the the at-home mom who just figured out what Sudoku was, right? (laughs) This feels like a thing I want to integrate into my life forever if I can have enough content to do that going forward. It is unique. It is genius. It is beautiful. It is one of the best experiences I've had with a game, mechanically speaking, in a long, long time. And all of you should play it before listening to our podcast. 
All right. And I picked Psychonauts. Uh, when I went through the list of games, because uh, I wasn't, I didn't have like a standout favorite this year. I, I, I thought a lot of what we played was really good, but for me, not nothing really stood out as great. And when I was uh, looking through everything, Psychonauts jumped out at me because I think Psychonauts does a lot of the stuff that I really care about in games. Um, it, it really spoke to me on that kind of level. Like uh, 3D platformers used to be really popular and they kind of hit an oversaturation point and everything was too similar to Mario 64 and they got stale and people stopped buying them and people stopped making them. But I feel like this... Things like Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper were like just starting to push out into different directions at the end of like that console generation, like the PS2 era. And I feel like there's a lot of potential still for the 3D platformer genre, and I'd like to see it come back because like playing Psychonauts just really like reevaluated those feelings for me. Like I I really liked it, even though it is rough around the edges. Excellent. Excellent. Gentlemen, good year for games. Yeah. I think that, like, the. If you combine our three takes on favorites, it's really just like. It's three games of three different genres that are emblematic of the amount of open space that's still left in the genres that they have. Overton is a totally different take on a puzzle game. Psychonauts shows what a 3D platformer can do from, like, a narrative and character perspective. And Silent Hill 2 despite being old is demonstrating that like the survival horror game doesn't need to really evolve to get where it needs to go uh and so that's i think that's the takeaway i think as we go from 2019 into 2020 we want to see where existing things can be pushed and where can new avenues be opened yeah and what kind of things can be brought back that was my attempt at doing like a very austere <laughs> outro. <laughs> How'd we do? Oh, they we did so good, Chad. Oh, we're real good. We're real good at talking about video games. We're so good at it. Oh, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, thank us for listening to No Clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time, you're going to have the privilege of listening to us talk about. The Legend of Zelda, a link, fuck me in the butt, <laughs> Link's Awakening. Wow, the very... Legend of Zelda, colon, fuck me in the butt, <laughs> Link's Awakening. Real, very daring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next week, we're playing Chad's Sexual Awakening. <laughs> the remake. Of the Game Boy Classic. As yeah. represented through a very awkward experience in the Oculus Rift. <laughs> Next time, we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on the Switch. Uh, I'm not going to go over what the game is about because we did that on the last episode that you would have already heard. But, thanks... For listening to Noclip for another year. Uh, I hope the award show format is not tired and shitty. Oh, no. <laughs> We're way too good at all the things that we do and say for that to be true. Yeah. Right. Also, this is the, probably the first year where I actually felt like 
we're getting bigger. Like, we felt like we've gotten better on not just on a podcast level, but on like a other things than just the podcast level. We're, yeah. We as human beings have become better. Yeah. And also bigger because we all had <laughs> implants to make ourselves eight feet tall. Where would those go? Uh, Chad? I, you extend your shins. And they're bone springs. Yeah. References. The, yeah. Oh, oh, we're so good in podcasts. <laughs> Uh, if you know what episode the reference was from, uh, put it in the Discord or something. I'll give yes. you Christmas food. And JJ will send you Christmas food. He had like a look on his face. <laughs> if you get a package from him, don't <laughs> open it. Uh... Or at least definitely don't eat it. Mm. And until you die of food poisoning, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. One more year of that, at least. Yes. Uh, uh, there you can find our Twitter account if you want to talk to us on there. Uh, the Discord that we've mentioned a couple of times, uh, where hopefully there will be just a, a fevered debate about this year's <laughs> picks going on. Uh, Please do that. Yes. Uh, our YouTube, all of our old episodes, uh, which you can listen to on Google Play, iTunes, uh, and on YouTube itself, and the website. There's a player on there. I don't recommend it, but it, it does exist. You can click play it, on it. Can it show you what the most recent episode is right on the homepage? That it's, is true. That's not great. even the one I'm talking about. I'm talking oh. about the inbuilt oh, player yeah. that no one has ever used. Yeah, I've used it. It's not great. No, it's not super good. I've used it, though. I, I mean, I've as well. It played testing sounds. It was, it was cool. Yeah. I need something. I need, like, a drug. I need, like, a glass of water, I yeah. think. Yeah. I think water is my drug. Yeah. Hydro homies. Hydro homies. H2O. All right. Thanks Just for listening. No. Goodbye. Goodbye. Smash the like button. Right. Oh, yeah. Smash right. that like button. Yeah. Yes, do that. <laughs> Debate in the comments about how much you like smashing Smash the like more. button. <laughs> The smashiest button this year. Oh, there we go. The nominees are the like Like button, button. the subscribe subscribe button, button. (laughs) or that bell. Nice. Normally, I feel like it's a lot louder than this. Yeah, it's because there's two splitters, I think, now. Probably. I don't understand why that would change things. The, you know, the audio pressure in the, in the... Cord hose. <laughs> oh yeah, the audio pressure in the cord hose. I forgot. Yeah, these cords are all filled with gelatin and it, nothing else. It's sound water. Mm.